We started the year talking about holding fast, standing together, keeping focused. Then we jumped into week two and we talked about just settling into what's going to be a new year. And a lot of the times we can start running really fast. And so today um, I want to talk more specifically about the purpose that God created us with and the one thing that he asked us to do. And it's the one thing that we kind of overlook and we just kind of skip past and be like, well, it's like the assumed thing that we do a lot of the times. And so then... Um, Rooted, standing together, keeping focus is good. There's scripture backing for that. But the reality is, is God created us to be first. He didn't create us to do anything. He created us to be. And the emphasis lies on not what we do, but who we are. And so then when you look at Genesis 1.26, God said, Let us, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Godhead, the Trinity, the three in one, make man in our image according to our likeness, not physical, but a spiritual personality and moral likeness. So then it's like, well, wait a second. So then, yeah, it, it, it is about what we do. But what God's saying here is to be like him and to be linked to him spiritually because we're three parts whole, like we discussed last week. And so then in your relationship with God, the real big question is, do you, do you believe God first? Everybody say first. first. Do you believe God first? And, and if you don't, then who do you believe first? And so then we were in a staff meeting via Zoom this week. It was amazing. And we started talking about, not, not necessarily our belief, but um, man, when you're, when you're in those rough times of life where you feel like God's not moving at the pace that you would like him to move, and, and there are you know delays. We, I, I, I've learned, and a lot, of the, a lot of it has been the hard way, the delay is really time for development in me. Whenever there's a delay in my life, and, and I think that we like to live life like we live on this six-lane superhighway where we're all going the same direction, it's divided, so we don't have to worry about oncoming traffic at all. And if we don't like the pace of the person in front of us, we just go around them, and, and we cruise in the fast lane as much and as far and as fast as we want to until our off-ramp, and then we just cut somebody off to get off, right? And so you guys have never done that? <laughs> and so um, I'm bad. I'm a bad driver, okay? I've gotten better, though. Thank you. <laughs> and so, um, and so the reality is, is, is when we're, when we're talking about our belief and our trust in God, it's, it's, there's a trust that has to be there. Right. And so when we're looking at this, it's easy to say, well, I just want the six lane superhighway. When, when in our reality, life is a two lane street and it's a divided yellow line. And, and anytime that we get impatient and we feel like, well, this just isn't going the way that I want to, we want to get over and, and pass the reality is, is we're in oncoming traffic. And, and a lot of the times the stuff that we feel like we're going up against, we're not supposed to, this is God's lane anyways, and we're not in our lane. So the, there's, there's a point and a purpose to the, to the person in front of you going 40 miles an hour, texting and swerving and making you get all nervous and all kinds of just where you just want to get around and go because you have stuff to do. But the reality is, is the delay in this moment is what God is using. So when you get to that point up there, it's prepared for you. And so then it takes a trust and a belief to say, okay, okay, I, I don't want to go 40 miles an hour right now because the speed limit's 55 and this person in front of me is really driving me nuts. However, we stay because we trust and we believe. And so then this means God created you to believe him first and he created you to believe him above everything else. And there's, there's some broken links in our beliefs these days. And I just want to, this, is, this was last week's message that God has for you this week. And so... We're going to look at Genesis 2, 15 through 17. Here's what it says. So the Lord God took the man that he had made and settled him. That's nice. Settled him in the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. He gave it to him. You guys all know this, right? Say, I know that. He gave it to him. 
And the Lord commanded him saying, you may freely, unconditionally eat the fruit of every tree in this garden, but only from the tree of knowledge, recognition of good and evil, you shall not eat. Otherwise, on the day that you eat from it, you will most certainly die. And here's what we miss. I love the amplified version. Why? Because of your disobedience. Because of your disobedience. You're not going to die because of anything there. You're going to die because of your disobedience. And what we see in the garden is that the tree of life, which was everything that he could have or they could have, right? And there was a tree of death. And this is early now. So we're, we're in the creation of man, right? And God says, please don't eat that tree. Listen, you have everything that you need. You can have anything. Please don't eat that tree. If you do, you'll die. And God only wanted Adam and Eve to believe him first. He only wanted them to believe him at his word to say, I trust that. I trust that. Isn't every great relationship built on trust? Has to be. There has to be trust. If I don't trust her, we're not going very far. We dang sure ain't coming to Colorado together, right? And so, luckily there's trust. And so, anyways, it's really trust before love. And we just assume that nobody wants to talk about how hard it is to gain trust in somebody, right? And we don't like that. We just assume, yeah, I trust you because we get caught up in all the emotions and the feelings of what love is. And so then love kind of trumps that. And then we get to the point where like, I don't know if I trust you. And what God's asking is he just said, hey, if you just trust me, just trust me. And what he wanted for Adam and Eve is he wanted them to learn by faith. He wanted them to learn by their trust in him. He didn't want them to fail. It was never his intention for them to fail. So that when he said, don't eat this tree, do not eat of this tree. If you do, you will die. Their response should have been what? Well, this guy did just make me, right? And he did just give all this to me. And this is pretty good. You know what? Okay. I believe you. I believe you. Because I have no reason not to. You just, you just gave me life and you've, and you've given me heaven on earth. I believe you, right? He created them. He gave them paradise. But what happened? The serpent comes, right? It's the same thing that happens today. The enemy shows up and he says, don't believe him. Believe me. Don't believe him. Believe me. And the enemy shows up and he wants your belief too. Now we're at a crossroads because now we don't know, well, wait a second. You do make some pretty good sense. And you've got some really great logic behind that point. And logic's great, but we stand on the truth. And so then the devil lies and he says, listen, God's holding out on you. He's holding out on you. And if you'll believe me, you'll live. You're going to know everything. Not only will you know everything, you're going to be just like him. And he used, he used what God told them to trick them. God just told them in Genesis 126, let's make them like us. Adam and Eve were already like God. They're already like God. So there was no, there was no lie or deception to say, well, if you do, if you eat that, you'll be like him. They already were. They already made in his image. And so then when he says that, it's the same thing that we do and we battle with when it comes to sin in our life. We're just after happiness, right? It's that, it's the old trick of comparison. When we start comparing things, we end up how we see how bad we don't really uh, see how bad things are, how good it really isn't for us. And so then, well, yeah, you're right. I do have, I do have every option of apple here, but I really like this apple. Why? Because you can't, because you can't have it. 
And, and what you see, and, and you guys being here is really unique, happiness is a choice. You're already happy. You already have that in you. Happy comes from the word blessed. Everybody say blessed. blessed. And so it wasn't that Adam and Eve were unhappy because they had everything that they could ever imagine or ever want, right? Ephesians says that we have already been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. That means you have it all. Now, do we choose to walk in it is the question. So then the only way to get to the place of being unhappy and disconnected, especially in your relationship with God, is to have breaks in your belief. Right? And the problem is we start believing these little bitty lies along the way, and we start picking and choosing what we're going to believe. Well, I've always believed that, so that's good. That's a little gray, so I'm going to change, and I'm, and I'm going to take their opinion on this fact and the problem is, is there's breaks in our beliefs, and so it's not as consistent. And there's an old saying that says, experience is a great teacher. Experience is the best teacher. How many of you guys know that that's baloney? That's baloney, right? Experience is a terrible teacher. It's a horrible teacher. It's unforgiving. It's unkind. It is cruel. Experience is crushing. It's crushing. Experience is not the greatest teacher. Faith is the best teacher. Faith is the best teacher. Trust in God is the best teacher, right? Belief in God is where the good is. How can I say that? I can say that because I'm a dad. And if you're a parent, you know, none of us as parents want our kids to learn based on experience, okay? We get a nine-year-old, Kaz, he's our second born. I'm already concerned for him as a driver, Okay, he will walk through the house and make random revving, revving sounds. Okay, and he's already driving 90 miles an hour in his head. If we're out, if we're out and we hear a car that goes by, it has an exhaust. He's like, like the whole world stops to be like, dad, well, what was that? A Hemi, you know, like, (laughs) what was that? And, and the unique thing is this. I want Cass to believe me when I tell him, hey, bud, you're going to have to obey the speed limit. Nowhere in any fiber of us do we want Cass to experience a horrific car crash for him to learn that he should drive the speed limit, right? It's the same thing. Axton is here. Axton learned the word hot because he touched a hot plate one time, right? And now he, now if he sees steam, never, ever do we intend for our kids to burn themselves ever, ever. Experience is a cruel teacher, what do we want? What do, I want Cass? what do I want for Cass? I just want him to believe me. Hey, bro, you need to obey the speed limit. Okay? Now, listen, when you get out on the winding roads with Pastor Robert and you want to drive fast, you just go. You go as long as he's driving. Right? We never want our kids to experience bad things. God never wanted for you to experience what you experienced. He wanted your belief. He wanted your belief. It's the same thing God wants for you. He just wants your belief. And without trust, there is no belief. And with no belief, there's no relationship. We're talking about the root of your relationship today. God's always wanted his people to believe him. And the fact that we're in the shape we're in in 2022 lets you know a lot about where people stand in their beliefs. So I want to show you a few scriptures just to back what we've been talking about. Um, If you're taking notes... They're going to be on the screen. You can, I've always encouraged people to screenshot. But this is God, and this is God saying, believe me. 
Believe me. Just believe me. If you'll just believe. And so the first one is Numbers 14, 11. We're going to go Old and New Testament. So nobody can complain then, right? And so the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people treat me disrespectfully and reject me? How long will they not believe me, believe in me, despite all the miraculous signs which I have performed among them? Deuteronomy 1.32 says, yet in spite of his word, you did not trust. That is, confidently rely on and believe in the Lord your God. The next one's a big one. It's Deuteronomy 9.32. And when the Lord sent sent you from Kadesh Barnea, saying, go up and take possession of the land which I have given you. Then you rebelled, if you want to underline rebelled, rebelled against the command of the Lord your God and did not believe and rely on him, nor did you obey his voice. And here's the thing. The only reason that we ever rebel or disobey is because we don't believe. That's the root. That's the root. The only reason we ever rebel or do not obey is because we do not believe. Second Chronicles 20, 20 says, believe in and trust in the Lord, your God, and you will be established, meaning secure, believe and trust in his prophets and you will succeed. So then you'll be established and you will succeed if you simply believe. Now we're going to transition to the new Testament. This is John chapter three, and there's a lot in here. Um, and when we look at John chapter three, we really think about, well, John, you're going to tell me John 3.16, right? John 3.16 is in this, but I want to give you the, the prequel to it and really what comes after it and what God is asking of us. Here's what he says. If I told you earthly things, that is the things that happen right here on earth, and you do not believe, how will you believe and trust me if I tell you heavenly things? No one has gone up into heaven, but there is one who came down from heaven, the son of man himself whose home is in heaven. Just as Moses lifted up the bronze serpent in the desert on a pole, so must, so must the Son of Man be lifted up on a cross, so that whoever believes, whoever believes in him will have eternal life after physical death and will actually live forever. This is the promise from God. Verse 16, which we all know, for God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he gave his only begotten Son, so that whoever believes and trusts in him as Savior shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge and condemn the world, that is, to initiate the final judgment of the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Verse 18, whoever believes and has decided to trust in him as personal Savior and Lord is not judged. For this one, there is no judgment, no rejection, no condemnation. But the one who does not believe and has decided to reject him as personal Savior and Lord is judged already. They've already made their decision. That one has been convicted and sentenced because he has not believed and trusted in the name of the one and only begotten son of God, the one who is truly unique, the only one of his kind, the one who alone can save, the one who alone can save. And so then you see the difference between believing and not believing. Verse 36, John 13, 36 says, he who believes and trusts in the son and accepts him as savior has eternal life. That is already possesses it. But he who does not believe the Son and chooses to reject him, disobeying him and denying him as Savior, will not see eternal life, but instead the wrath of God hangs over him continually. Constantly kind of in that other lane, going up against what we shouldn't be going against. We're in God's lane there and we dis when we disbelieve, right? God has always wanted us to believe him first. Always. Always. This is the root of our relationship with him. And so we can say, yes, we love God, but if we don't trust God, there has to be love and trust. 
And in our house, love plus trust equals obedience. We follow. We follow. And so then it's really easy for us to go, yeah, I love, I love God. I love God. And you know a lot of people who say, I, yeah, I love God. But there are not many people who say, I trust God. And we're, that's how we're going to close. So it's going to be really good. So like I mentioned earlier, God wants you to believe him first. But it says he's also, he is the first and the last. He's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. And so then in Romans 10, 9, 10, 9 through 13, we see this. Because if you acknowledge and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, recognizing his full power, authority, and majesty as God, and believe in your heart, that's huge, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes. It's with your heart. For with the heart a person believes in Christ as Savior, resulting in his justification, that is being made righteous, being freed of the guilt of sin, and made acceptable to God. And with the mouth he acknowledges and confesses. With our mouth we acknowledge and confess his faith openly, resulting in confirming in your salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him, whoever adheres to, trusts in, and relies on him, will not be disappointed, will not be disappointed in his expectations. Is this good so far? <laughs> for there is no distinction between Jew or Gentile for the same Lord is over everyone and he is abounding in riches which is blessing just joy it's happiness for you right for all who can who for all who call on uh, him in faith and prayer for whoever calls on the name of the Lord in prayer will be saved it's, it doesn't say that you will do saved it says you will be saved be is who you are it's who God created you to be right so then relationship is a process Believing is a process. You don't, you don't just want to believe, right? So for me, I could tell you back in 1997, I made a decision to follow Jesus. And I remember that very clearly. But I don't just say, yeah, I believe back then. I wake up every day and I believe. I'm believing I didn't believe. Does that make sense? And it's the same for us. And if you have one of those stories, if you have a memory like that, where you know the day that you, you decided you were going to turn your life around and Jesus made his way into your heart and you accepted that, that's the day that you believed. But believing is a process. It's a process. Salvation is a gift to you every single day. It's not a one-time gift. It's an everyday gift. And we walk in that salvation. And so then you're saved by grace through faith, right? Which means it's a grace gift to you. It's a gift. And so then you're not saved by works or your effort or something you did, right? And to believe that you can only be saved by your effort is to go against scripture. A lot of them. Too many to list. Different message for a different time. You're saved by grace, so then you receive. We see this in verse John 20, uh, in John chapter 20, verse 31. But these have been written so that you may believe with a deep abiding trust that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed, the Son of God, and that by believing and trusting in and relying on him, you may have life in his name. Believe. The one thing that God's asked us from the beginning of time to right now in 2022 is believe. Believe me. Believe me. Believe me first. Believe me last. If I believe God first and I believe God last, then who do I believe in the in-between? God. 1 John 5.13 says, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, which represents all that Jesus Christ is and does, so that you will know with settled and absolute knowledge and you will continue to believe. So John, 1 John 5.13 says that you believe and that you continue to believe. 
Believe and continue to believe. Now, believing that God is the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the alpha and the omega, means to put your full, complete trust in him. Isn't that what hold fast? Isn't that what, isn't that what we read in um, oh, Hebrews 10, 23? Hold fast. Hold fast to the profession, to your confession of your faith, of your hope, of your trust, of your love in Jesus. Hold fast, right? We take God at his word because his word is universal and it's unchanging. That means it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that means it applies to the human race, period. So then we've talked and discussed about believing in him first and believing in him last. And here's the distinction. Here's the distinction. Believing in him first allows you to receive eternal life. Believing in God first is how you receive eternal life. Believing in him last is how you walk in the abundance that he has for you. A lot of people call this living the abundant life. Blessed. Those blessings we talked about earlier, the happiness that we choose to walk in, this is how, when you believe him last. It's not saying, I once believed. That's, that's where most of the world is right now. Well, I believed. I once made a decision. I believed and I'm going to heaven. And they think that's it. And that's just the start. It's not the finish line. Believing in him last is how we receive abundant life. It's how we walk in the blessings that we talked about in Ephesians. And there are a ton of believers who are walking around right now who are truly saved, right? They believed they're all in, but they're not living abundant life. And they've got questions and they've got worries. And it's because they failed to continue to believe. That belief stopped and that belief is just a memory. And those memories are our motivation. They're really good for us. Thank God for my memory. But if I don't choose to continue to believe, I'm not going to walk in the blessing or in the abundance that God has for my life. Because God's not a God of take what you like and leave what you don't, right? Twist it, make it say what you want it to say, feel how you want to feel. And as long as you get all warm and fuzzy inside, then that's the way you need to go. That's not how God operates. That's not what the truth is, right? And so there's a big difference between holding God to his word, right? and choosing to walk away from it. And it's the difference between a belief and believing. Yeah, I once knew that, but I'm bored with that now, and that's gotten old. And, and so, so then to hold him at his word means a lot, right? You're saying, I believe God. To hold him at his word means you have to continue believing. And the moment that we don't want to do that anymore, we choose to walk away, and we go from believing to once a belief. Does that make sense? So the truth is, whatever area in your life that you're not believing God for is an area that you're experiencing struggle in. Whatever area that you're not believing God for or in is an area that you're not experiencing all of his goodness in. There can be more. There is more, but there's a break in your belief. Because somebody hurt your feelings, some church hurt your feelings, some pastor hurt your feelings, somebody was being an idiot. Somebody was being used by the enemy, by the devil. They were. And it affected your belief. And instead of seeking God, universal, unchanging truth about the topic or the subject, you believe what they said. Or you let your feelings just wreck your life. Right? And so then, believing first and believing last means that I believe always. It means no matter what somebody comes and says to me or what experience I had, faith trumps that experience. God doesn't want you to have a crappy experience. That's not our God. 
And so then your relationship with him must be rooted in your belief of him. Does that make sense? And so then if you believe him first and you believe last, you're going to believe always. And nobody's going to pull you away from that. I can't be swayed from that, from my belief. I cannot be swayed from my believing. I can't. If I'm able to be swayed from my belief, from my believing in God, I'm, it's not rooted in truth. It's, there's, it's, there's no trust. I'm not believing God for what he said he is, for who he said he is, or what he did. And so Hebrews 12.2 is, is a challenge. And I'm going to challenge you the same way that I challenge myself every day with this. Here's what Hebrews 12.2 says. It says, look away from everything that distracts you and focus your eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of your faith. The first incentive for our belief. The first, believe first. Just believe God first. The first incentive for our belief and the one who brings our faith to maturity. Maturity only comes with consistency and a continual believing. I must continue to believe if I'm going to mature in who God says I am. Who for the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him endured the cross, disregarding the shame, and set down at the right hand of the throne of God, revealing his deity, his authority, and the completion of his work. Let me ask you this. Who has the last word in your life? And you might not have thought about this before. Who has the last word in your life? And you don't have to answer out loud, but think about it. This goes back to the two-lane traffic. Am I going to wait on God? Am I going to trust God? for who he is and where he has me right now? Or am I going to do it myself? Am I going to do it myself? Who has the last word when it comes down to deciding if you will stay married or not? Who has the last word? Who has the last word? Who has the last word when it comes to not looking at things you're supposed to? whether it be internet, your cell phone, I don't care. Who has the last word when it comes to deciding if you will be part of a movement of God? We call it the church. I would just say, be like Jesus. Who has the last word when it comes to you being an example in our community? Is it you? And all those questions, is it you? Do you have the last word? And if it's you who has the last word, then you're not living in abundance. You're not living in those blessings because you're living in control. It's your hands on the steering wheel, right? Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and have it abundantly to the fullest. That's why he came. He didn't come for you to live in half-truths, okay, or somebody else's opinion. It takes relationship with God to have that. And so when you, if you say you believed 20 years ago, and that's, that's good, and I'm happy for you, but it takes a continual, takes continual belief. If you're not experiencing everything that God has for you, it's time to believe again. Yeah. It's time to believe again. Craig Rochelle, is, is, he, he's a leadership guy, he's a pastor. He says, you can have control or you can have growth, but you cannot have both. You cannot have both. And so many Christians are living their life repeating the third grade over and over and over. They can't get past this place in their life because they won't let go. They just won't trust God. And if you will open your hands and you will believe who God says he is, that he did what he did, and he is who he is, then you'll experience freedom from that. And guess what? You're going to graduate. You're going to graduate. It starts the belief. It's what he asks us in the garden. 
What today is really about, and I believe why God has you here, especially everybody online, is that would you hear what God has for you to hear today? Would you see what God has for you to see today? What's he revealing to you today about believing, about your belief? Not my belief, or even any scripture I've shared. What's he, what's he revealing to you about your belief? Not the one 20 years ago, 20 days ago, not that one. Your belief right now. Not just because you know you should, but because you do. Let me ask you this. Do you believe that God can work a miracle? Yes. Everybody says yes. Even if you didn't answer me out loud, you said yes. Do you believe that God can work a miracle? Yes. We would all sit in our chair, sit online very comfortably and go, yeah, yeah, I'm good with that. Now, here's the tricky part. When I ask you if you believe God can work a miracle in the area of life where you struggle, you go opposite on me. So then do you believe God can work a miracle in your marriage? And what happens? We automatically go, man, you don't know what I've done. It's too far gone. There's too much hurt. Nah, God can't do that. Well, wait a second. You just said that you believe God can work a miracle. So yes, he can. Yes, he can. And if you would just believe, if you would just believe your situation and the circumstance that you find yourself in will do a complete 180 if you'll just believe. I gave you like 78 scriptures today that said just believe. Just believe. And it really comes back to the garden and the difference in the two voices. Hey, I love you so much. You can have all this. Don't do that. Please don't do that. And the guy comes and says, screw all that. Just do this. Just do this. And it's the battle between those two voices. And everyone has a choice here to make today. One, are you going to believe today? Yes. Two, guess what? You're going to go home and you're going to eat lunch after this and you're going to go do what you do. And in the morning, you're going to wake up and you're going to have a choice to make. Are you going to believe in the morning? Are you going to believe enough to let the message of Jesus change your life? That's the difference. Too many people pick and choose when we're going to let this moment happen. Ah, I'm around good people right now. I love Jesus. Jesus is good. I'm around not so good people right now. Screw that. That stinks. I'm not doing that. No. You have to make a decision. You have to make a decision. So it's easy to sit here and hear the scripture. And man, it jumps off the page. And it gets really real with you when you sit here in the morning like this. And you know, man, my belief has struggled. Right? Now tomorrow it's even harder because what? It's between you and you. It's really you and God. Where does your belief lie? Because this, if you'll find, if you, if you highlight those areas of your life where you believe, you think, oh, my belief is good here. Those are really good. Capitalize on those, right? But if you believe in every area of your life, you're going to experience God's goodness in every area of your life. And that's going to take you to your next step in your relationship with God, right? And your roots are going to go a little bit deeper and you're going to get a little bit stronger and you're going to mature a little bit in your faith and you're going to see God work on your behalf again.